Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hello, hello, everyone out there, and welcome back to another riveting episode of the Final Cast on the Paddle and Fin Network with your hosts, Matt and Brad. Cheerio. Cheers. What the Cheerio? <laughs> yeah. Lord, there's a reason we don't talk like that, and it's called 1776. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. I yep, love it. They tried and they failed. But what's going Miserably. on, buddy? Oh, not a lot. Uh, yep. got the P127 out. It was awesome. So, told you you'd love it. Yeah, it, it's pretty sweet. I got it out twice last weekend, so it was fun. Yeah, and you took it on the river both times, right? Yep, I took it out to deep stretches on the river, so I wasn't banging it on the rocks and stuff. But you've done it, so about to say, I mean, I did it all last season. It's still fine. Uh, and I think. Don't quote me, but I think it was half a foot of water. I was just still pedaling through at one point. Yeah, so. I I think it was like 1.1 foot of water. I can't remember exactly. It was between, I think, I thought it was a foot and a half. I think I just said half you, a I remember foot. you That's asking me that question. Yeah, I, I, I just said half a foot, not half a foot. It was, I think it was a foot and a half. But yeah, I think it was closer to a foot because we were super shallow and I was still pedaling. And I was like, this is great. Yeah. So. Yeah, you'll like it. I haven't got the RVR out yet, but I've got you it all. Could, you could have Sunday, but I know. Well, no, I couldn't have Sunday because I had to watch my dog. Um, well, that and then I had to go do some family stuff, and then I got a buddy who's welding up the trailer so we can put a second tier on it for another kayak, and then my oh, rod box. Cool. Yeah, so we're gonna be welding that all up. Uh, which I didn't know how inexpensive metal is. I really thought it'd be like a couple hundred bucks, like 300 or more for as much HSS we needed. But what'd you get? Like square, square tubing? 
Uh, no, we haven't got it yet because oh. I th- I think I can get it cheaper through somebody who goes through our shop. Um, but it's uh like twenty five feet of HSS was like one hundred and fifty bucks. Really, not that bad. Stainless. So we after you're done with that, we need to do a show on trailer modifications and stuff. Oh yeah. So that that'd be cool. That'd be a good show. Yeah, we'll do that. But uh. But yeah, man, other than that, just getting ready for Dale Hollow, getting ready for the season to kick off. Hopefully, I'm going to try to go out Thursday afternoon because it's going to be like 71. It'll be windy, but I'm going to try to go out anyway. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Speaking of Dale Hollow, guys, do not forget we got our Dale Hollow meetup April 23rd, 22nd, 23rd. So uh, meetup tournament. Yeah. Meetup tournament. Enter the tournament. So. Yeah, we, me and Matt keep forgetting to say that. So, <laughs> official announcement. And also, this segment is sponsored by Dark Horse Tackle and Nico Bates. So, check them we're, out. We're hitting every box tonight. That's like a first. We actually hit I know, everything, dude. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta remember to do that stuff more often. Which, I mean, it's not a big deal because we got like their logos and stuff here, and we put them in the show notes and tag them. On that the and screen. and they're both cool. So it's like they don't. Like they're not really butthurt about it or anything, but we should do it anyway because yeah. they both go out of their way to sponsor the show, and uh, they're both great companies. So yeah, definitely yep. give them a check. But this week we have a guest on the show that we found through one of our sponsors, Dark Horse Tackle. Heck yeah! So we've talked about them before on the show. We just talked about them last week when we were doing our Dark Horse boxes. Um, but we have a Mr. Jesse French from Blue Rock Custom Tackle Baits. What's, What's up, Jesse? What's going on? Not much, man. Just a chilly evening down here on the river. Just uh, excited to join you guys here and chit-chat a little bit. Heck yeah. Uh, what river are you on? We're on the Muskingum, um, just a little river that um, if you've ever traveled down like I-70 through Zanesville, Ohio, um, the Muskingum runs right, you, you drive right over it, and it runs clear down um, through McConnellsville into Washington County and dumps in the Ohio right in Marietta. Oh, I, I always thought you, you were from Kentucky. I don't know why I thought that. I don't know. I, I had some guys at the um, Columbus Fishing Expo that um, almost argued with me that I was from Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just my hillbilly twang. I don't I don't have any idea, but um, it's it's hard to tell. As as long as they love me, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean. Jesse, we kind of we've been using the base for a while, but we got a chance to meet to meet you and talk to you at the Columbus Expo. Um, how did that rest of that expo go for you? It was a great show. Uh, just uh, that's kind of what we consider our home show. So um, a lot of friends and you know family from down here locally. We're probably about an hour and twenty minutes off. Um, they come up and just the outpouring of support we've had um, here in Ohio. Oh, we lost you. <laughs> he did something to the camera. 
it happens. Technology sucks 90% of the time. Um, but until he comes back on in here, uh, me and Brad were at the Cincinnati Expo. We walked around a little bit. We're working the Loveland booth. And we're it, the expo's over at this point. All the guests are gone. People are packing up. And we're carrying kayaks around. And we turn around. <laughs> and Blue Rock was right there. And I was like, didn't see him the whole show. And I was like, dude, I really wanted to like go to that booth and talk to them. Um, so when we saw him at the Columbus Expo, we were looking at something else and saw him. We're like, yep, stopping. We got to stop. We got to talk to the guy. We got to get him on the show. So, yeah, that was funny. Like we were carrying our kayaks out towards the back of the door <laughs> and I, out of the corner of my eye, I saw their banner. I was like, I didn't even know they were here. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Jesse, we, we lost you, which I'm sure you were aware yeah, of. Yeah, I'm, we... I'm sorry. I had a, uh, I had another um, app that was open and it, it was like a chat thread that started dinging. It was bugging me. I had to get it muted real quick. I forgot to turn it off. So that's, no, that's totally my bad. Oh, you're good. No, we were just talking about how we were at the Cincinnati show and we were, me and Brad looked around and we went to all the other rooms, but we didn't really go like that last row where you guys were at next to the fish tank gotcha and uh when we started tearing everything down we saw you packing up your trailer and i was like dude i wanted to go talk to them like yeah. I, I didn't know they were here so when we saw you at the columbus show it, like was an immediate went right over there and jesse wasn't even there when we went there the first time he yeah, was off actually, delivering baits yeah I, I actually walked by you guys i was actually just taking a buddy a fish finder bracket that i randomly brought to the show and was gone for like 20 seconds and it, it was when you guys came my wife told me but either way we got it all we got it all oh. here we are oh yeah we we had to make sure to come back by so um brad start us off man. all right uh you want to start off by letting the people know who you are and like how you got this whole business started yeah um absolutely man i uh pretty simple uh straightforward um, I, I worked, uh, at a water department for a few years and before, um, I've kind of been doing this, uh, I actually worked for ODOT, but I started making tackle, um, a while back years and years ago. Um, and it just kind of turned into like a hobby and to whatever. And then I ran across a buddy at some point on like Facebook marketplace, maybe a customer that offered to build me a website. And then it kind of kept snowballing from there and just kind of kept being creative and trying to make quality stuff. And now we've been a business for probably, I'd say this would probably be going into our like sixth year as like a real business. Um, it's oh, wow. about my third year, like really going hard at like spending a lot of hours at it like aside from just like a side hustle but right um the money still feels like a side hustle at times just because small <laughs> business is tough but yeah um, I hear that. yeah so but yeah nothing nothing real crazy man just a lot of support from friends and um just getting out and fishing myself a lot i think has helped grow the, grow the business so is this your full-time gig yeah, I have another uh, LLC where I do some, like, contract driving th for, like, a medical service. Um, but probably, like, I mean, this time of year, it's 
pretty much solely tackle. That's kind of a yeah. good filler. Um, later in the year, things slow down. And if we get caught up on inventory, I'll do that a little bit more. But um, this spring, it really hasn't had time to, I mean, it's, it's, it's all tackle right now for sure. That's good. Cool yeah, success story. Bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that little driving gig was kind of a blessing um, to kind of keep a little bit of pressure off the, off of me and just the family in general with having a couple little kids and yeah. uh, just, you know, not milking the business dry um, while it was still, which it's still young, but um it just seems like every time you, when you get legal and have to pay taxes and everything, every time you turn around, it's just, you're getting hit with something. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my wife owns her own business as well. And so I, I hear the ins and outs of it as well. So that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's just small business. You got, you got to enjoy uh, hustling and all that good stuff. So yeah. and grinding. No, that's a cool. Yeah, it, that's a cool uh, success story because a lot of like custom tackle makers out there, they're not doing this full time. And like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but even if they do, so what? What I I've told a couple different people who have wanted to get into this industry. I, in my opinion, the fishing industry, especially tackle related, is the hardest industry. It's to hard. That's what I was trying new. to say. And it's mostly because you have, you know, all your, all your brands, like new cars come out all the time, right. From different, like Tesla just came out of nowhere with an electric vehicle. And then there's other cars who make around the world and they can get in and people buy their cars with right. lures and stuff. You have the OGs who have been using the same, uh, zoom fluke since 1942. <laughs> yeah. They got back or 1945. They got back from world war two and started throwing the zoom fluke. And they never put it down, and they told everyone that's the only one they'll ever throw. And you have your your new guys who watch a ton of YouTube, and they go off of what the latest hipster angler is throwing. And right. then, you know, it's just hard to get into, especially if you're new, because you, A, have to get out there to where people can see you. B, fishermen are some of the most critiquing mothers I've ever met, because I'm <laughs> one of them. I've been that way to where I'll get a bait and be like, this is poo, and I just won't use it. Um so you have to make a quality product and you have to stay on top of it just because you get a little bit of yeah. traction at the beginning. If you don't stay on top of it, it'll immediately go away. Right. Um, you know, and you'll know this better than most, but you're competing with guys who, with companies that have been doing this for years and years and years and decades and breaking that industry and breaking that mold is not hard, not easy. No, it's not. And, you know, you mentioned a couple things there that are very important. Uh, just, I think I think one big thing with like you mentioned all the guys that kind of do it part time and you know which I still have a little uh, security net there, um, but I found like you're not really going to like like tackle as a as a volume business you're not going to make like you know money you can live on unless you're really doing volume of sales um, yeah. It's like when, when you take that leap of like, all right, I'm going to try to live off this. It's, you know, it, it goes to like, rather than selling your buddy Jim, you know, four black and blues and making 10 bucks. It's like, well, I got to sell 4,000 of something now to 
you know, make, make what I would have at my day job or, um, so it kind of forces you to get creative. Um, I think brand is a big deal. Um, I think we kind of got lucky and just, there's something about maybe our name or our logo, or maybe it is a products. I, I try to stay humble on that crap, but, um, like people just, seem to have like attached to us and supported us and um i've had you know some well-respected anglers kind of get behind me and um all of that stuff just you know keeps piling up to like in the big scheme of things our business is nothing but it's starting to be a little something so that's cool i guess and i think series fishermen also want a dependable product that they know they can come back and get again. Like if I'm at a trade show as a customer and I see like a good looking whatever, but the company just looks like, ah, this guy just might be the only year he's ever doing this or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to buy products that if they work, I know I can come back and get them again. And I think that alone takes two or three years to just, prove to people that you're not going anywhere and they they can depend on you and your products yeah this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and tecovis is your stop for the best in western style tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer including men's and women's boots apparel hats bags and more all tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You hit on the volume thing too, which like the bigger companies out there, they deal with the same thing. I mean, they're in all Mm -hmm. these box stores and stuff like that. And they're trying to sell all these at volume because like you said, you you can't make that money just selling a few here and there. No. And you know, that's, that's nothing against the guys that are, um, you know, I was that guy for Mm -hmm. years, um, just basically making enough to, you know, pay some tournament entries or pay for my hobby or pay for other tackle that I bought. Um, and for some ignorant reason, I was like, man, I think I could do this. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> as, as, as I kept, you know, doing it and like, um, 
it kind of all just timed out to like the year COVID hit and like that was like a big sales booster for yep. anybody in the industry. Um, unless you were like trying not to grow. Um, so it all just kind of timed out. Like I literally like I had a really good show at Columbus that year and was doing all right on the website. And I went and talked to my county manager at ODOT and like, 10 days later the all the like national covid restriction hit it was like a week or two after Dang. like on the mm. show and i'm like i just put in my two weeks notice and i was like oh my god i just made the worst decision of my life but it ended <laughs> up like our sales doubled that year and like everything it was like a blessing like it was supposed to happen so yeah um it was it was cool the way it all worked out the covid wasn't cool but Right. It made me feel like um, there was a bigger reason for what I was doing, I guess, if you're a silver lining type of person. Yeah. So, yeah, I think COVID uh, with a lot of industries that you saw, like your your mom and pop shops and then your uh, restaurants and stuff really saw a big downturn because no one could go out and do anything. The outdoor yeah. industry and almost everything in it exploded. Right. Right. Because all of almost every tackle store, big box or even smaller boxes are connected, at least in Ohio, are most of the time connected to a firearms department, which yes. when all the restrictions were happen were happening restrictions, firearms departments and fire stores that had firearms in them were allowed to stay open at full capacity because it was considered a necessity or a need to the people. So that's why you saw your tackle industry explode. Right. Um, so a lot right. of small, small mom yeah. pops. I know of two companies that were part-time and then they went full-time in COVID just because they were finally getting the sales consistently. And, you know, people were just buying stuff out the ying. I know during COVID I was just buying random stuff I'd never tried before because and multitudes, it was just like a, a chain reaction of, and I don't want to say it was like a false year of sales um, because like things are definitely kind of stabilizing back out a little yeah. bit um but it just helped like businesses like me in so many different ways just so that like the supply chain issues like stores like fisherman central just couldn't get a lot of things so i'm that next little middleman guy that you know i i got in probably 15 stores that year because there was so many supply chain issues and they're like, eh, we'll try this dude's crap. We'll just put something on the shelf and a few of them stuck. So, um, like fisherman central, we have a great relationship with them. Now, Dan, Dan's awesome. Zach guy that orders. I mean, they, they order consistently and like, it was all due to that freaky weird crap that happened with the economy. Yeah. So, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was going to, I had that as a talking point here, uh, getting into stores. Cause a lot of small tackle businesses, they, they have hard trouble, hard time doing what you're doing. Like what's the process for that? Is it like tough to do? Um, you know, I think your, uh, your loyals are a big, um, you know, a big factor in it. Uh, I work hard on social media and stuff too to, to grow things and like create content. Like our YouTube channels, a lot of the videos are kind of cringy, but 
um still at any rate like it's it's me proving the concept and like it amazes me how many guys come up to me at shows and like you know they might tell me like oh i know where you were fishing in that video and i'm like well i know <laughs> i posted the video like <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it, it, it's working in some cool little way like um at either rate any rate they're watching the videos um I think that stuff helps us kind of slowly build your brand. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as the stores go, I think the biggest thing is this getting past that hurdle of being like a um, under the table guy. Cause a lot of like legit stores just won't deal with you unless they know that you have an LLC, you're paying yeah. your excise taxes and you're, you know, you're, you're legit because they don't want to get caught up in some, um you know problem that you've created for yourself because if something happens there they kind of all get drug into it too yeah um so i think a big factor in getting in the stores is just getting legal and you know paying the paper on all the extra taxes and everything and you just got to see it as like all right well i've just got to you know make more sales if i'm going to be a legal business but that that's the thing that i've heard from you know, a handful of the stores is like they they get a, a custom jig guy in there and then they called him back and he's like, oh, I can't make any this month. And like that goes back to the dependable product um, deal, too. So, yeah, um, but stores, uh, they just kind of I've never really like um, been like a pushy sales guy. Most of the stores were in. Um either have come to me through a lead or um like someone telling me hey give this guy a call he's interested or whatever but um i like the pace they've came because it's it's all grown at a good you know slow and steady and i've been able to like keep the business in a healthy place like debt wise and all that and not have to get a bunch of because growing too fast can be a major problem too yeah. So, um, but I don't know. I we talked to somebody recently that said the same thing. I don't remember who it was. Uh, I do. And I can't remember who it was either. <laughs> like I remember it was, it hasn't been that long ago. I know. But one thing I do want to say, cause you just mentioned it. Like you, you haven't really gone out after the stores. They've either come to you through a lead or it's word of mouth. Hey, this guy's interested that that speaks volumes for like who you are as a, a company and as a business owner, because when your customers are actually going out, they're basically selling for you. Right. So when they're saying, Hey, this business is hey, you really should look at these baits. They're awesome. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, that, that speaks volumes for pretty much who you are as a, as a business and as, as a owner, because your customers are willing to, you know, yeah. talk about it, you and give you publicity. It's super humbling, man. Like it, I almost get choked up because like, um, you know, the national sales rep, like at the Columbus fishing expo come up to me and, uh, for uh, cash and rods. And he said, Hey, Garnet, man, I've seen a hundred blue rock cats walking around this place. What are you doing here now? <laughs> I was just like, man i don't know like it's just absolutely <laughs> awesome like it's so freaking um it's it's just cool i i don't know what it is like i want you know go back to earlier if it's the brand um if it's actually like the baits or just 
me kind of being a down home boy and treating everybody with respect and not having a big ego and like things I don't believe in, you know, and maybe it's a little bit of all that, like, Oh yeah. Stuff together, but something's, something's working a little bit. So that's I was going to say, though. yeah, I was going to doing... say it's probably all of it. Yeah. It's, it's a big combination of everything of that because I mean, those hoodies someone... you had were dope. At the show, they were like, I was Thanks, literally man. like, I'm, I meant to go back the second time when we dropped the card off. I told Brad, I was like, Yeah, when we come back and talk to him, I'm gonna pick one of those up. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's the one you're wearing right now because the material's like kind of smooth and I don't yeah. know, I just liked it. Yeah, and then we started talking and we just kept talking and I completely forgot about it. And when we were tearing our boats out because we got our kayaks at the show at the very end, right? We were putting them on my trailer and I looked at Brad, I was like, I didn't get that stupid hoodie, man. I'm so pissed off now. Uh, we might be able to help you guys out with that for having us on tonight. So we'll we'll talk about that afterwards. Cool. So um, the first question ahead. I got, Brad, you already asked a question. Get out of here. So <laughs> I I, I want to start kind of because you said, yeah, don't be sucking your teeth at me. Oh, he's gone. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to start kind of at the beginning because you said you've been doing it for a little while and then you got the the going full time. What was one of the first baits that you really started that you still sell now? So, I mean, I back in the day I was tying jigs and I can tell you I probably won't ever tie that jig again just because somebody asked me for a black and like red colored jig um but what is one of your staples that you started with one of your first and it's still going strong um well i mean just in general like the first like tinkering mold i ever bought um i just bought a like a stand-up shaky head mold and kind of just started hustling them around uh we got a little crap hole lake down here called dylan lake um and it's just north of Zanesville, and it's kind of known to be a good little shaky head lake. And no one was really selling anything, so that kind of started the whole entrepreneurial spirit in me with it. But um, as it kind of went, you know, if you fast forwarded, you know, a couple years from that, I was probably in my mid twenties, and um, you know, had probably 30 molds at that point and the whole mad scientist room in the basement going on. <laughs> everybody does. And, um, but then I like, then I hit a, hit a wall where I was like, got busy to the point, um, where it was like, man, like there, there's like, I'm missing something. And I never really knew about like faster ways to produce. Cause I'm just thinking like the whole time, like there's no way people make, like legit income with these open closed molds. Um, and then I ran across the guy that like told me about this whole spin cast process, which is like centrifugal force. And um, so I kind of invested in that stuff and started learning how to make some molds and really produce stuff quicker. Like if, you know, if you just kind of fast forward through the evolution of, whatever and then i got into like creating like the triple threat jig our little finesse jig was like the first like all custom like i just made a basically took a hook and some components and made a little clay design it was when the ned was becoming real popular mm -hmm. and, um i was like man if i could tie a little skirt on this and i still swear to this day there's a lot of guys doing it now but i was like 
in my head, it was the only one I had seen at that point. And, um, actually when I was just using them and not even selling them, a, a young man at work for me, um, named Kobe Thompson, he actually won the high school, uh, BASS state championship on alum on this little jig. And then I told his stepdad, a good friend of mine, Casey Coffee, I was like, Case, I got to start selling these, bud. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was kind of the first little bait that, um, you know, it really like lit a fire under, like they they were selling and they were buzzing a little bit. The uh, Doug Clifford did a did a write up in Ohio Outdoor News for me and talked mm-hmm. about them and. Just little things that happened over time to like just give me enough confidence to keep going with it, and um, you know, and then I started learning through that particular bait that custom designed lures just tend to sell a lot better than like a um, just I don't want to call do it molds generic, but something that anyone oh, yeah. can. So, yeah. Um, and that's one thing I've realized a lot with the 1099, like you'll get, you'll get, there's a whole story behind that thing too, um, with Whitney and everybody that kind of helped me with that. But, um, you get guys at the shows that come up and like, look at one and are like, where'd you get that mold? And these guys make their own jigs and stuff. And, um, I'm just like, Oh, it's a custom, you know, it's a custom mold we made ourselves. And when guys like that, that make their own jigs or buying your jigs, that's when, you know, like you're doing it right because yeah. these guys will go at all costs to not give you a dime. But if it looks so good, they can't stand it. That's when, you know, you got a, you got a good little product going. So yeah. spending the extra money and time to do the, the custom stuff is, um, for sure a, a big helper. I feel the thing i like about your jigs and your spinner baits is that you use the wire to tie the skirt on not like a rubber band Mm -hmm. or anything that was the first thing that stuck out to me man i i just i see that and i'm like attention to detail i really like that yeah yeah yeah. it's uh that just goes back to like you know when i want to go fish a bait in a tournament or because i was making all this stuff for myself before i was selling it and it was just kind of the way i did it and then i started using a copper um which a, a couple years ago you didn't see much of it all now i'm seeing some some more guys um using copper pretty close to home even but um that is what it is that's that's business you just got to keep evolving and yeah, um, doing all that good stuff. So, well, well there's only so much you could do with a jig. So, but <laughs> it's kind of it's cool that you're using custom molds too, because like you said, there's guys out there that use do it molds and they just throw it together and they sell them. Which mm-hmm. I don't like that as much that, as the custom. Yeah, molds. there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, do it yeah. molds are they're awesome. Um, I'm just saying from like a a sales standpoint like guys like you or i um that have been to shows and you walk around and you're like seen that seen that seen that seen that but then you like see this one little thing and you're like man i've never seen that and like that's that's just you know you need that little bit of little bit of something different just to 
even start a conversation with a fella or, um, you know, he may not even buy something there, but he may go tell his buddy about it or go look at your website. Um, but it, it all, you know, it all usually comes back around full circle. Yep. Agree with that. Yeah. I about to say, I, I'll, it was the same thing kind of what Brad said in what you said. If I walk around the show and I see, cause there's a ton of custom guys who go there and they're not making necessarily bad jigs, but they're like, they're a do it mold that I either have owned or all these other guys who are just buying the same mold and doing them. It's not saying that's a bad jig or it's not saying, you know, anything along those lines. But when I see that everywhere, I kind of don't ever stop to really look at them because it's, it's right. a dime a dozen right. at that it's, point. But when, yeah. yeah it's it's the hot chick in high school that you thought you could never get i mean you, yeah you, you look through all the other girls at this one and you're like i gotta have that i mean it's, yep. just, it's our nature <laughs> yep there you yeah. go that's exact that's the best anal- analogy i could ever make so good job <laughs> that's funny so scrolling through the website here i noticed the screw lock tail spinner that looks pretty unique and interesting yeah yeah that's a that's a weird little product um i caught on to that a couple years ago at the bfl regional down on the potomac um in my head it seems like that's a bait that really or a bait i guess it'd be like a terminal product that um it really triggers like a lot it seems like tidal fisheries that's a big deal um in florida but the potomac um i've had guys tell me like it's not a title deal you need to have one on the end of your senko you know anytime you're fishing around grass or yada 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 mm-hmm. um i i don't know um i've noticed they do make a difference in some situations but others they may not like if they're just eating that good but it, it it's definitely something a little different um I, I don't really know, honestly, what what the oh, little critters are thinking down there. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's cool. I like that. Yeah, and some sometimes something different or just unique is all you need. So you can go out there and there'd be, you know, they're not wanting to bite anything, and then you throw something like that on, and out of nowhere you're starting to get bit. It's just something they haven't seen, right. especially in pressured pressured fisheries. Man, the unique stuff. I have I got stuff in my box that. Uh, you'd look at me like, why are you throwing that? That looks like it's stupid, but I'll yeah. throw it. If I ever just can't get a bite and guess what happens? Something bites it because they're like, that's weird. I'm going to eat it because bass are like yeah. you said, they're weird. No one knows what they're thinking. No, <laughs> no. Are you guys, are you guys like big bait guys? I'm a, I'm a small product guy. Just cause I live down here on this little river. Like we're fishing for 12, 13 inch Kentucky's mainly on the Muskingum. So all these little baits I have, like that hook you have pulled up there, that's a little one-aught hook for our uh, little mini tube. And there's okay. like hotcakes because no one really makes it. It's like a little niche hook. Um, the stores are buying them. Like it's just, it's, it's tiny little weird stuff, but um, that stuff does catch fish. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, Matt's the big uh, bait person right here. I Show that again, that. Matt there we go it's a little bigger now yeah oh yeah <laughs> so that's just a that's that's a smaller uh that's a tiny clash uh let's see here i'll show you something a little bit maybe, maybe on so, the, so uh, i don't he, throw 
I don't throw the bigger ones. I'm with you. I throw the smaller stuff. When are you throwing this stuff? Is this like the the pre-spawn glide bait deal? All the time. All I the throw time. year round. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah. that's your jam. Yeah. I, I'm a big now. If I if I know I need to catch fish, it's it's something smaller. Um, the biggest thing I'd throw would be like a Vision 110 jerk bait, but everything else. <laughs> My jigs are usually finesse jigs <clears throat> with uh, like like a chunk, just like that trash chunk right there, which I actually like the the I saw that at the show. I'm a yep. huge fan of that trash chunk, so it's probably gonna finally dethrone the thing I've been using as a jig trailer for a long time. Um, but if I need to catch fish, I throw small, but it's something about a swim bait bite, man. Once you get one, oh, that's yeah. like the only real bite you ever want to get again. Right, right. Yeah, that's uh that's one of them deals, man. You, you, I know you got to lock it in your hand and keep it there to build confidence in it, but the bites yep. are very rewarding when you get them on there. Yes, they are. You're 100% correct. Yeah. So, um, for somebody that has never used custom tackle, they always go to the store and buy their stuff. What, what would you say to make them change their mind to – want to use custom tackle like what makes it so unique when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply um i think just you know our brand in general um i i firmly believe the quality is just um you know i don't want to say 10 times better but um like the 1099 for example it, it falls in the category of like a bitsy bug um mm-hmm. size wise um but it's it's got a really quality trailer keeper, a wire tied, quality hook that's not going to open up, and uh, you'll get guys that are like, "Oh, I can go buy a you know Bitsy Bug for two nineteen or whatever," and it and it's like, yeah, but you're going to use six or eight of those. I mean, one three pound fish, a Bitsy Bug is like just trash, like the skirts. Oh, yeah roach and the weed guards looks like a christmas tree and um and you can catch like um i'm just talking dozens on one of these little 1099s i took one to sandusky bay last fall and literally like the leads almost wore in half i caught so many a whole weekend i never took one jig off and you know, you pay a couple more bucks for a quality product, but the skirt's not moving. Yep. The you know your trailers aren't sliding down and ripping off like they're locked in with that nice keeper, and it's just a crafted you know more of a crafted product. Um, to some people, that doesn't matter and never will, and that's fine. Like, but the people that that does matter to those are the people that we need to focus on taking care of because they're the ones that are yeah. going to support you and help your business grow. Um, anyways. So, 
Um, but I feel like you get better color options as well too with custom. right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, oh, for sure, absolutely. Yep, and we do tons of just random. Uh, basically, like the guys that order frequently, they'll just order, uh, you know five of a jig in black but they'll shoot me an email and say hey can you tie these up with a couple strands of uh green pumpkin with a couple strands of red or just whatever their thing is everybody's got their little confidence thing and i do Mm -hmm. that constantly just you know little that's the easiest way for me to take a custom order anymore is just um order a color you don't want and shoot me an email directly after and uh we tried the whole custom like build a bait website and it turned into like more back and forth than with the customers, which yeah, it, like when it, when it gets busy, it's just like, it's gotta be efficient if it's going to grow. And like the website is to make it more efficient. But when you have to email back and forth three or four times to figure out that Jerry wants two strands of black and seven strands of yellow and <laughs> you know uh, seven seven uh, weed guard strand fibers yeah yeah it's, it's hard um but it's just we're all we're all very weird fickle creatures when it comes to our tackle and i'm one of them too <laughs> yep I, I hear that yep <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, but I mean, that 1099. What I what I like so much about it, and I'm glad Brad pulled that picture up. Um, you're using a super high quality hook through Mustads, which is nice. Um, and the basically every all the stuff in the custom stuff is always typically ten or twenty times better than something you're getting. Like at Bitsy Bug, we'll just use that example, which we've all thrown them. Like, just like you said, a big fish hits it, it's going to destroy it. It can catch a, some fish. It's not necessarily a oh, terrible lure. Bitsy bugs catch fish, for sure. I mean, they they catch fish, but with going with like something like the 1099, everything about the jig is just higher quality. So I'm one of those guys that I, I'd rather buy one jig and know the jig's just going to work. When I was throwing Bitsy bugs, I was getting, you know, two or three every time I went to Walmart or somewhere just because I knew I'd, I'd use them. If I threw a Bitsy Bug one day, I'd be tying a new one on the next time I went out. Just how it is. Yeah, right, so. right. It's kind of a, I call it a use it till you lose it jig. It's it's literally not going to fall apart. It's, you know, nothing's really, it's, it's just like a little tank um, until you like snag it so bad you lose it or something. Um, and I, when I started making these, like, trust me, I was, I was the first one on the list and I probably tied up a uh, hundred different five packs of colors of these that are still in my boat like two years ago. And I bet I haven't even gone through a dozen of them. And I fish a jig a lot, like a lot, a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just like, I, I'll literally just wear them out. Cause I, I like to test our products harder than anybody because I'm not a guy that like, I'm not going to like try to shove a gimmick down anyone's throat, which I don't shove any products in anyone's face, but um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not yep. the type of guy, like you can see my products are like simple, straightforward and solid. Like that's what I want. Just like a dependable, 
Um, I think there's a place in the industry for that right now with like so much gimmicky. Everybody's trying to reinvent the wheel constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, something solid is needed, and I just I kind of want to be considered that. Well, you're off to a good start. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Do you you want to talk a little bit about the soft plastics? I don't think we've hit that. That's yet. that's where I wanted. I was going to say we should go next. We've t- we've hit some of the hard stuff. I'd I'd like to talk about the soft plastics because this is going to this is turning into one of my more favorite baits from <laughs> you guys. What do you want? What do you want to use? Or what do you want me to pull up? Uh, well, I don't know where you're at right now on the website. He's well, just the products. It looks like. So go to, well, if you, if you go to the home page, like it, it's pretty, just click on the blue rock logo. There you go. Yeah. And, and just go down to soft go, plastics. And pull go them down. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Um, yeah. Click on the one with the swim baits there. There you go. Now you should be able to see most all of them, but the one you're holding there is the Ned Minnow. It's probably yep. on down a little bit just because it's newer but um it's uh i've got got a good friend um he's a retired police detective i'm not gonna mention his name because he'd probably kill me but he helps with a lot (laughs) of our plastics and uh i call him the professor we'll just leave it that way but uh, (laughs) we got these things like pumped full of uh floating additive and they stand up like they do oh yeah (laughs) yeah the only one that um doesn't is the clear minnow um and it's just or the ghost minnow but it's because a lot of guys are throwing it on a drop shot or like Demiki rigging it with forward facing and it kind of it kind of has made a more display like float in the column like parallel or whatever you'd want to say but um all of the other colors um they stand up at full salute so (laughs) So the thing thing i like about this one is the like it's a mix between the ned rig and like a diamond tail for a shaky head yeah yeah it's got a little neat little spade tail on it and i couldn't figure out what to call it forever um I kind of like, I went through a lot of things and um, I always like kind of look into resourcing or sourcing other company names. And a few of the names I was thinking of thought in my head are already like being used. So um, Ned Menno was like, well, <laughs> simple enough yeah. for me and no one's using it. So yeah, kind of no, I- dual purpose little plastic, I guess. Oh, for sure. And I, the reason I like it, I've really like, I, you'd be surprised. Well, you wouldn't be surprised, but two years ago when I really got heavy, heavy into kayak fishing, well, more than that now, but, um, I would probably, I would try to bring every last item of tackle I owned with me on my kayak and growing in the, in the industry and, and just fishing in a kayak, I've really got down to where I want to bring as little as I can. And the joy sure. the plus with this thing is it, a, it's it stands perfectly straight on a Ned rig without even an issue, but I could throw it on a drop shot. I could throw it as a uh, like a, a finesse jig trailer, 
if I really yeah. wanted to, I could, I could probably throw, which I actually, I have one rigged up on a rod upstairs that I was going to throw um, and see how it works, but I could throw like a size one hook on it and run it just like almost like a little Texas rig or a swim bait. Um, yeah. It's super versatile, which is what I like. And it does float ridiculous. I mean, I threw this in the tub and it just, <laughs> it stood, I mean, the tail, pulled itself up and it just sat there right. and just waved and it was awesome <laughs> um yeah so we uh it was almost at the beginning when he was testing them out uh trying to get the formula right they'd almost like float a 16th ounce back up to the top we're like well we all back it off a little bit <laughs> yeah a little too much be a top water bait <laughs> yeah that'd be an interesting concept though yeah I mean, Oh yeah, it sure would. <laughs> I say there well, there's a few companies that do Nico, for instance, they have a soft plastics called the Tadpole. I've got some in this mess of a tackle area I have. And it's a soft plastic that looks like a little tadpole. If you throw it out, it will it's almost like a NRS inflatable. It will sit on top of the water. It's awesome. And <laughs> just sits there. And yeah, it's insane. I don't they, the amount of stuff they're using is ridiculous, but it sits up there. Yeah, I'm sure that little dude would do some damage in places too. Oh, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that that was kind of my first uh, uh, entry into your guys's as a whole company. I got it in Dark Horse Box, and I saw that and I was like, dude, these are awesome. And then every and then since then, I'll get stuff in the Dark Horse boxes, or you know, I'll pick some stuff up and. Uh, the next from the Ned Minnow, man, those those trash chunks. I think you have done something that you probably don't think is revolutionary, but it is because they're a, they're smaller, just a little bit smaller than a standard chunk, but they have more meat on them, so you can put the yeah. hook on there better, and it's 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 way better. I don't know what else there is to it, but it's just better. Yeah, the reason I went with that one is because like our. Well, it fits our little triple threat, that little finesse Ned style jig, the, the one we was talking about that I kind of first custom designed. But that mm -hmm. little wire hook that's on that, um, it, it catches good in that chunk of meat. And it, it, they were just a really good match together, um, which that little two inch chunk or the like that Ned Minnow you had it, they all make good little like Ned jig trailers. Um, but yeah, the, the little chunk is the, the big chunk hasn't always been a great seller. Um, but the, that two inch one has been very consistent, um, since we added it. Um, I don't know why, probably just cause of what you said, it's just maybe a little different or whatever. No, those are cool. I like those. This color right here is really cool. Is that the uh, green pumpkin candy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a popular one. I like the just green pumpkin with the blue flake. Um, you can get crazy on colors. Oh man! Um, and my buddy that helps, uh, he can come up with some great ones. But I just try to keep it pretty uh, straightforward from an inventory standpoint right now. I feel like as we grow, we can maybe ax some that aren't selling as well and keep adding more, but I don't want to have 20 different color options up there. It's just not not efficient at all right. for um, where I'm at right now. And, and, and it's really the same with my jigs. 
the 1099's got like a dozen colors just because it's it's gained popularity. Um, but most of our other jigs only have like eight to ten colors, just kind of time tested greens and browns and blacks. And um, we do have a white 1099 and a white swim jig, just because. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something from old Mister Swindle. You throw a black jig, and if they're not eating the black jig, you throw a brown jig. And if they're not eating the brown jig, you throw <laughs> the black jig again. Those are the only two jigs. That's that's how when I learned jig fishing, it was from a Bass University thing. I had a my mom when I was like seventeen or eighteen got me a uh, that's like a three month, and he had something on there where Gerald Swindle was talking for two hours about jigs, and somebody's like, "What colors do you throw?" He said, "I throw black, and I throw brown." When they're not eating the brown jig, I'll throw the black one. When they're not eating the black jig, I'll throw the brown one. That's all you need. You don't need, need all these yeah. fancy-dancy colors, which, I mean, my jig box is full of fancy-dancy colors, so I didn't listen yeah, to it Yeah, same here. Now, <laughs> one of the weirdest things about owning a tackle company and just being a, you know, good old boy down here in southeast Ohio, which I've, I've gotten around fish you know a few lakes in the south i try to go to dale hollow every spring and been to a few other ones and but you still come across these guys that like are are using one of your products and like it's like maybe one of your products like that you just don't like understand like how they're doing that well on like that color and using it yeah um but like i had a guy email me last year and he's like it was after the Knoxville show and he's like, Hey, I need, um, that 1099, your seven sixteenths. I need 25, um, all white, just all white. And I was like, what in the world are you doing with that? And he was like, <laughs> dipping docks somewhere, um, catching spots on them. And I'm like, well, whatever. So we, we went ahead and just added a white one to the, to the lineup. I'd made sure it was cool with him. And I was like, yeah, you can just order it right off the website if you know if because i would never like put him out there where he was catching yeah yeah Uh, so sometimes you get this these customers and like you'll find out about these little regions where it's like man that's a big deal right there so it just that that's kind of how the business evolves too um not by like stealing people's custom colors but just learning (laughs) about different fisheries and uh the ways they're catching them on these places that you know, I've always just fished in a little mud bowl river and a jig and a spinner bait and a square bill buzz bait. It's about the end of my vocabulary. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, but I was, cool. I was going to say, uh, I've seen white spinner baits. I've never seen an actual white flipping jig. Right. That's, that's interesting. That's cool. I have I have one, and there's one fishery that I'll throw it in, and that's the only place in the whole country I'll throw it in, and is in a little uh, a back backwater brackish water right outside Jacksonville, North Carolina. I don't know why I was throwing everything in the morning. They were smacking a frog, then I was throwing a black and blue jig the rest of the day, and I'd watch fish look at it and just swim off, and it was pissing me off. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to throw this white one just so I can say I threw it, and I threw it. Holy crap. It just turned <laughs> on and they were just eating it like in, they were eating in grass, flipping docks, putting in a structure, just fuck, just throwing it. 
and just casting it, smashing it. And I was like, all right. And then I threw it again the next day somewhere else. Guess what? Nothing happened. Went back there two weeks later, eating it again. So I got four in my box. I've had them there for nine years. And they don't. They don't get right. used except for when I go back to North Carolina. There's, I don't know what it is like in that the color spectrum and stuff with fish, but um, you can make a lot of beautiful colors and stuff. But there's, to me, there's always been something really special about pure black and pure white. It seems like those two yeah. colors have always been consistent fish catchers. Um, mm-hmm. Everything in between catches them too, but I don't know what it is about black and white, but. It's it definitely something there. Mix them together and create a Beetlejuice jig. Right. I've, I've done that, and it's just so ugly. I couldn't even <laughs> throw it if I had it. I See, now that you said that, Brad, I'm starting oh, to think I really man. want to try a Beetlejuice jig. That'd be sick. I want to try I've one. I actually made them, like, made that, like, for custom orders before, and I was like, who in the hell, like, reminds <laughs> me of something. But hey confidence is key confidence is key so if that's i tell you what i'm gonna do that i'm gonna place an order for a black one and i just want you (laughs) tied as black and white and i I just want one just to see because if it gets bit i'm gonna be the most uh, as the guy as as the kite cushion booth guy would say because i bought the douchiest hat on earth (laughs) uh i'm gonna be the douchiest guy ever with a beetlejuice jig and i will not shut up about it if it starts catching fish make make sure you call me out when you do it for for oh for sure (laughs) (laughs) speaking of like mixing colors and stuff i think the coolest color that i've ever mixed on a skirt was like black and chartreuse and that was that, on buzz bait. That was awesome. That's not a bad combo. That that makes a pretty bait for sure. Yeah. And you don't see a whole lot of them. Like I never understood that. So like the big reason I I love the Ned uh, the Ned minnow is because of that chartreuse tail. I love I love plastics that have a, a dot of chartreuse or a section of chartreuse because yeah. to me confidence wise it says the fish is going to see that and key in on that when they hit. So they're going to hit it from the back. Or hit it from the front. That's why on my crankbaits, I love when there's a big red throat on a crankbait because I feel like they're going to key in on that. So I don't know why you don't see more black and chartreuse stuff because I've thrown those and they they do work. Yeah, yeah, makes no sense. Yeah, um, the, the, yeah, for sure. I I still well chartreuse chartreuse has a little something special about it too. I, I don't know. I'm really straightforward with my black and greens, and I don't get too cute. And sometimes it, a guy has to poke at me quite a bit to <laughs> maybe add a new color to the line because it, it goes back to me like not wanting to sell gimmicky stuff. Like, like yeah. for example, like the fire crawls and inferno crawls. When that was first like starting to become popular, I was like, man, like that just looks like something you would just convince a 10 year old to buy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they do catch fish. Like I've been convinced and I like, I'm glad we've added a color like that, but I'm just kind of old school when it comes to something. But, um, I'm, I've learned that being open-minded is a good way to keep growing and listening to all the feedback and all of that. And criticism, you gotta take that stuff and you know use it to your advantage as well. Because we've yeah. definitely had products that um, maybe had a little flaw at the beginning, and kind of had to learn, you know, listen to our customers and not get butt hurt about it. Just just fix it and say, here, how's this? Like until 
um, they don't have anything they can say except for like, damn, you got it. You know, like, yeah. that, that's kind of the way I've always approached that stuff. Like I've never been offended if someone was like, you know, Oh, your Ned hooks are pieces of shit. I, uh, I bent one open, you know, on a, on a small mouth. And I'm like, what were you using? And he's like, Oh, seven, three medium, heavy bait caster with 15 pound test. I'm like, yeah. Oh, Ned hook. Like, what do yeah. You do? <laughs> yeah well those are the people who are like oh, i wish uh like when z-man for example because they when it comes to ned hooks they kind of really got the industry going right right um and they have their all their ned hooks are super 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 light wire yeah to where if you even if you have a medium like i, I fish my neds on a medium light with 10 pound uh uh, 10 pound uh, floor or eight pound, sorry, eight pound fluorocarbon to 10 pound braid, and I can bend them out. And I'm yeah. like, man, I wish there was something thicker. And then I would get a thicker one and I get stuck all the time, be like, oh man, I wish it was lighter wire. Right. Like it's just people are just going to complain to complain. It's just how very, it is. There, there's a few things that are that are like that. With it's like you've got to just find the best possible blend of like and using your head like what's sensible because you're never going to make every individual happy like when it comes to too light of a spinnerbait wire or too thick of a weed guard or too heavy of a net hook and like that's like an example like i use a little heavier of a net hook just just because it saves me some of that like you know, cause guys will run on the Z man hooks till the sun don't shine about them being junk. And I don't yep. want, I don't want to give someone the opportunity to say that about mine. So, um, right. it's a little bigger hook. Like it's just got a little more beef to it. Some guys like that. Some guys want to want a little, you know, number one or whatever. Um, and spinner bait wire, that's something else I could go on and kind of gripe about, but, we use a little lighter wire, uh, you know, to get a little more vibration and probably a few more bites, but you'll, you'll get someone that, you know, they'll say, well, you know, your spinnerbait broke in half. Oh man. I'm like, well, you know, where were you fishing? Well, I was at St. Clair and yeah, I caught about 10, four pounds yeah. smallies and then it broke right in two. And I'm like, well, that's worth know, its money right there. Right. Yeah. It, it paid for it. <laughs> And I had a professional tell me that at a show. He's like, he fell in love with our spinnerbaits and bought a bunch of them. And he's like, listen, if this spinnerbait in a tournament catches me one, four, five pound fish, that becomes a practice spinnerbait at that point. Like it's done its job. Yeah. And not everybody has that kind of money. And I understand that because I don't have that kind of money. But if you catch like eight or 10, like, St. Clair Smalley's on a nice, like light wire compact spinnerbait. Like that thing's definitely done his job. Yep. It really has. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, that. it's, it's the same concept when people like I've had people who, uh, like I'm a big mega bass girl when it comes to hard, uh, <laughs> hard baits. So crank baits, shirt baits, everything. And I'll go out in the winter and I'll catch 10 or 15 fish on a vision 110 and then i'll switch the hooks out and then i'll have guys be like oh yeah i've been using this vision 110 for two years and it just doesn't stay pinned anymore i was like well how many fish you caught on it i don't know like 30 okay (laughs) well you need to change your hooks out they dull up they dull over time there's like you're not 
you're not getting a quality product and not have any type of maintenance on it. And right. just how it goes. If you really want that top quality, you're gonna you have to stay on it and stay on top of it. So Yeah. Um and and don't get me wrong, like I'm not complaining because like these circumstances I'm talking about are like one and a lot, like hundreds, like someone that that's just may not like quite get it with the lighter wire or just don't understand. But those are what stick in my head more than like the hundreds of pictures that get sent to me of like people holding up, you know, big bass and like the things I should like take more in and like enjoy, but the things that stick with me, even if maybe we're not in the wrong or like the negatives that have, but those negatives are also what's helped us adapt and keep growing just by not, um, you know, not just like being arrogant and, and ignoring it, just, you know, looking into it and adjusting and, um, keep evolving i guess and making good good quality products yeah for sure well guys i think we're winding down here i, I we've covered a lot of stuff here so um, yep. uh jesse you want to uh, shout out your guys website and where people can follow you on facebook instagram and everything yeah uh absolutely it's it's pretty straightforward just bluerocktackle.com um we've got instagram uh facebook youtube and tiktok tiktok's a little embarrassing sometimes but you know we're <laughs> trying to do our thing over there it's actually grown better than anything but um but it, it is what it is i'm i'm all about uh adapting and trying new things so uh, but yeah and, and we're always here um if you ever need to holler send an email or or whatever we're here to catch you more fish that's our that's our slogan Heck yeah. i'm about it i'm about it well guys go check out the spinner baits that's the first product i've used by blue tackle i like them they've caught me a bunch of fish this year so Go check those out. Go check out the jigs and uh, the Neds and all that stuff. So, um, oh yeah, they've got they've got a flavor for whatever you want. But I can tell you the I, I'm gonna get me some 1099s because they look dope, and I'm gonna throw the living crap out of them down at Dale Hollow and see what happens. <laughs> you won't yeah. get wrong there. Uh, green pumpkin black. That's that's a good one down there. I Ooh. found it. Yeah. Brad already knows what I'm doing. I, I'm, yeah. still, I'm still not ruling out getting down there for you guys this little tournament oh you should that'd be awesome yeah it'd be i i mean you'd that would be you dope. can set up your booth and everything yep right uh i might just be setting up my boat to go fish if i go down there <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude that'd be awesome i i love to fish don't don't get me wrong <laughs> you get me yeah. down there I might not be worried about selling beats. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I tell you what, man, Dale hollow has that way of when you go down there, like me and Brad are probably supposed to help out a little bit more for the uh, tournament. And we just go down there and then we just don't show up for like three days Yeah, <laughs> until they're very in all day, man. Dude, it's, it is like, they'll, they'll be coming in from the tournament, at like three and somebody <laughs> like when we have cell phone signal, somebody will text me or Brad and be like, Hey, you guys coming in be like, ah, oh, yeah, man, we're like six miles away from the <laughs> So. and that's on a kayak too so that takes a long time to get back yeah, yeah. That's, 
that could be a sketch job with a kayak down there because that's cell phone yeah. services. It's iffy at best. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. You're not wrong. And like our friend Cam found out, it's really easy to tip over and lose all your crap. Oh, <laughs> not cool. I still. I still got that pin and I'm going back this year to get, he lost two mega bash rods, a cell phone and a like four Plano boxes and the little Creek arm near a certain Marina. And I've got the pin and I'm going to go, it's only like four foot deep. I can't believe he didn't get out oh, and get those out, but you better, you better get on that. You mm-hmm. don't like, at that point, but I got, I got all respect for, for the kayakers, but that ain't something you're going to find my big, doing the prop, <laughs> guys seriously it's a, a whole other ball game when you take yeah. that i i got big respect for it. the the belly boat and stuff's big down here in the rec lands kayaking oh, yeah yeah it's a that's a whole other that's a whole other realm of um just equipment and work and all that yep. stuff. so oh I, yeah I get it, and I, and I greatly appreciate you guys having me on tonight. Yeah, no problem, man. It was a good show oh, for sure. Loved it. Loved having you on, man. But I've got nothing else, Brad. You good? No, yeah, we're good, man. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone out there, Jesse, thanks for coming on yet again, and uh, for everyone still listening, thanks for hanging out with us for the whole episode. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Catch you on the flippity flip. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>